Thank you for listening to The Matrix is Real. My name is Neo. Uh, Happy Friday to you. Man, we are living in a crazy, crazy, crazy world. The founding of the United States of America was arguably founded on on two points. The freedom of religion and also the freedom of essentially taxation. Um, When you read the Constitution, particularly the Bill of Rights... It's very clear that the founders of this of this document sought to limit the powers of the government while also preserving the basic human rights of we the people. Um, our freedoms are dying. I mean, even more so. I, you thought that they were on attack after 9-11. This COVID-19 world is completely dismantling all the freedoms and basic human rights that we have and is essentially turning us into a society of slaves and prisoners. Um, I'll I'll tell you, in my experience recently, um, some people are, not some people, a lot of people are shaming other people for not wearing masks. And just like with vaccines, it has nothing to do with sound arguments, um, you know, well-thought-out discussions, uh, science of any kind. It is simply mocking people and shaming them and making fun of them and calling them names in order to make them change their behavior and do what other people think they should do. Case in point, wearing a face mask. Now, I'm being told by everyone, it seems these days, that I have to wear one, and it's not for my health particularly, it's for the health of other people, okay? Somehow, in this world, now all of a sudden, other people's health is now my responsibility. So I guess when I, when I walk past a McDonald's, it's my responsibility to walk in there and scream at everyone and say, put that down, you're eating unhealthy. How dare you, how dare you get unhealthy? You know, but obviously that's not, that's not the case. But uh, my refusal to wear a face mask is built on, on one fundamental point, is my, uh, my freedom of religion, which is supposedly protected by the First Amendment. And it no longer is, um, unless you wish potentially to go to litigation and, and sue. But I've been asked by some people, you know, what, what, what kind of religion forbids the use of face masks? My simple answer is, is Christianity. Christianity, uh, Jesus of Nazareth, and, and I'll explain why. Um, Jesus says very specifically in Matthew, um, a man cannot serve two masters... For if he serves two masters, he will love one and hate the other. I take this, and, and, and this is the point I think about following Jesus. A true follower of Jesus doesn't look to a pastor to interpret Jesus' words for them. A true follower of Jesus looks to themselves and looks within and either prays or meditates and is told by uh, Jesus, by God, because just because... Jesus is no longer here in the flesh. Jesus still exists, obviously, and as does God. But those, those, those ideas and beliefs are communicated through the Holy Spirit, if you want to think of it that way. So I take that verse as we cannot ever obey a secular government unless in the process it fully respects our God-given rights. Now, even in the Declaration of Independence, it says that we are endowed by our Creator and we are given certain unalienable rights, among them life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, and that to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed. 
So that document, the founding document of this of this country, the United States of America, if, if that's where you're listening, literally says that it's not the government that gives you your rights. It's not the politicians. It's not the Constitution. It's not the military. It's not the police. It is God. It is your creator. However you want to perceive that. It could be your parents. But whatever created you is what gave you freedom. You were born with freedom. You were born a sovereign entity, not a sovereign citizen. That's an oxymoron. You were born a sovereign, a free sovereign, just like a country, just like uh, God and Jesus themselves. Um, So with that said, wearing a face mask. I should have the freedom to not not wear a face covering if I choose. I I I I don't recall anything in the Constitution that says that the government has the direct authority to decide what we wear on our bodies. Now, even if you want to argue, well, it's for safety. Again, shouldn't that be under, up, up to the individual to decide for themselves? I mean, we allow people to eat cheeseburgers and, you know, uh, drink alcohol, smoke cigarettes, all of which is, maybe it is, quote, regulated. I mean, not burgers, but uh, it's still, you have the freedom to, to do it if you choose or to not do it. Now, a face mask for me, I refuse it because uh, in verse uh, Q42 of my Bible, which is it's called the Lost Gospel Q, Source Q. Source Q is um, a bit of a hypothetical document, but it is built upon the Gospel of Thomas, which was unearthed in 1942. I think it was in uh, Assyria. And... Um, Unlike the Dead Sea Scrolls and various other uh, scriptures, um, this was this was written on uh, on pressed papyrus leaves. It was a basically a small little. It's called a codice, basically a little uh, little like traveler's missionary book. And th- th- these facts tell us that the Gospel of Thomas, which contained I think it was 181 direct quotes from Jesus, um, was likely carried by obviously somebody that was poor. Um, because pressed papyrus was a very, you know, it was a common common thing for the commoners, but that it was likely used by early Jesus um, missionaries. And um, why is this important? Well, I don't know about you, but when, when trying to get to the truth about who Jesus was and what he believed, I think it was important to go to people that actually knew him or actually walked with him or actually witnessed some of the things that he did. Most people don't realize that the New Testament... Almost 100% of it was authored entirely by one man, either directly or indirectly, and that was Saul of Tarsus, who um, was not uh, was not around when Jesus was alive in the flesh. He didn't know him in the flesh. He never met him in the flesh. And he supposedly saw a vision of him outside the gates of Damascus, um, which was basically the foundation for all of his teachings. So... Should we listen to people that knew him and walked with him? Or should we listen to people that claim they saw him after, after he died? Um, even, if you, even if you want to go beyond the Gospel of Thomas, um, James, who was Jesus' brother, people don't know this, only had one letter in the, all of the New Testament, while Saul of Tarsus, who never met him, had 11. Absolute bullshit. Makes no sense to me. But anyways, Q42. This is, uh, this is from... Um, Again, Gospel Q, the, uh, the the verse that is most closely correlated to this one in, in the Bible is uh, Matthew 5.15. 
and also Matthew 6, 22 through 23. Q42 says, No one lights a lamp and puts it under a bushel basket. They put it on a stand so that everyone can see the light. Your eye is the lamp of your body. When your eye is clear, your entire body fills with light. But if your eye becomes clouded, your body is in darkness. Be careful that your light never fades into darkness. So again, I don't need a pastor to interpret this verse for me. For me, this verse doesn't obviously say you can't cover your face, but it's talking about covering your eyes, keeping your eyes clouded. And when it comes to basic understandings now that we have about communication um, for, for, for humans, basically, amongst other humans, is majority of what we communicate is actually not said. It's, not, it's non-verbal. The majority of what we communicate is communicated through our body language and our facial expressions. So when Jesus says, don't cloud your eyes and, and, and make sure that when you're teaching, talk, talking to people and spreading the word, I take that as don't cloud your communicating, communicating abilities. Don't cover your eyes, obviously. It's just like you're not going to walk up to somebody and talk about Jesus with your sunglasses on. You're going to try to make eye contact and, and communicate to their soul. But you're also not going to walk up with a, with, a, with a mask on like you're robbing a bank. Ideally, you want to walk up with a smile on your face and tell the person that you care about them, God bless you and God loves you. Jesus loves you. So I can't wear a face mask for that one. That's, that's one of the reasons. The other one is, again, serving two masters. Restricting our ability to breathe is an infringement on one of the basic human rights that we have, and that's the ability to just breathe and, 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 and live. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Well, life is breathing. I mean, you cannot breathe without life. I'm sorry, you can't live without breathing. So um, if the government can literally decide how you can breathe, what's to stop them from doing anything else, all in the name of safety and, and, and keeping you healthy? Um, the science, let's actually talk about the science. So according to the CDC, um, if you there's an eight-page PDF on their website. You can't find it anywhere else. But they recently published an updated... Um, mortality rate, which is what they're using to basically plan for um, everything that the federal government is doing. Now, the CDC says that the official mortality rate for all people, including asymptomatic cases, is 0.26%. I will say that again, 0.26%. So that's the percentage of people that that contract uh, COVID-19 that supposedly die from it, according to the CDC. If you do the opposite of that, do the, do the opposite math, 100 minus 0.26 leaves you with 99.74. So the survival rate, according to the CDC, for COVID-19 is 99.74%. Pretty mind-blowing, right? Now, take it a step further. There was actually a recent, uh, recent research study paper authored by Stanford's top... Uh, epidemiologist, I think I said that right, who said that based on the data, the average mortality rate for people under the age of 70 is is a median rate of 0.04%, which is almost zero. So again, you want to do the opposite amount of that. That that means the survival rate for COVID-19 for anyone under the age of 70 is 99.96%. That is more effective and more safe than using a condom. Because again, you don't have to use it properly. With a condom, you have to use it properly to get that, that, that safety. So again, why are we surrendering our basic human right to breathe 
forget the religion part. Just why are we surrendering our basic human right to breathe freely for something that literally is not killing anyone? And I'm not saying that people haven't died from it, and I'm putting air quotes right now, but the point is, is that we're not dying in mass. This isn't Ebola, like they told us or made us afraid of. Um, it, it, it overall seems like an aggressive flu that is generally impacting people that are very old or very, very sick already. Um, I read that one of the top, or the top um, uh, risk associated with um, you know, hospitalization and potentially death is obesity. I think number two is heart disease. So, and which is obviously related to obesity. So the only people that are dying or getting really sick and going to the hospital overall, as a rule, are the extremely elderly, which you could argue what you know they, they can die from the common common cold or flu. But we're somehow like living in complete fear like this is gonna get us. So I actually had to go into court recently and um, they have a requirement there to wear fat face masks. I went in and they let me in and then right before I went into the, the actual courtroom, I, I was told that I had to wear one. And I looked at the, the sheriff who approached me and I said, sir, my religious freedom is, uh, is at stake here. Uh, I object to wearing one. And I was then told, well, if you want to defend yourself in court, you got to wear one. <laughs> So I, I said, okay, so basically the Constitution is dead. And, and the guy kind of laughed. But um, same thing. I told the judge. But he wasn't even a judge. He was a commissioner. Um, told the commissioner of the court uh, that, you know, I'm standing right here defending myself in the court with no jury, which is unconstitutional. But also my religious freedom is going to be completely being masked, literally. Um, and this guy, I mean, it almost it almost seemed like he got off trying to make an example of me, you know. The point to all this is, is we can't lose our humanity and um, COVID-19 is not as bad as they are, as the governments of the world are acting. I, I'm curious to see one study that shows how many, um, how many flu deaths we're having in relation to COVID-19, because I wouldn't be surprised if they're switching a lot of, uh, you know, flu related complications and deaths to COVID-19. We already have so many different coroners on record in interviews saying that they have witnessed being either pressured to switch causes of death to COVID-19 or actually seen death certificates written with COVID-19, even though there was actually no evidence saying they, they died of that. It was just a, a presumption, which you're not allowed to do in law. You're not allowed to do as a coroner either. You can only put on the cause of death uh, certificate or the death, death certificate. You can only put the actual cause of death based on evidence. Um, and that's not what they're doing. So they already having to lie about this to make it look more deadly than it really is. And, um, yeah, so the point to all this is, um, it's amazing how so many people today are, are talking about the vaccine that's coming out. I don't know if you heard about it, but the vaccine is going to be, uh, delivered via a new patented delivery method called the microneedle array, which is actually owned by Bill Gates. Um, the COVID-19 vaccine when, when given is going to be delivered basically through a, it's like a patch not a syringe and the patch is is pushed down onto your skin and tiny little um, microscopic needles basically really small needles um, go into the skin and tattoo you with what's called a quantum dot barcode that's what uh, it's according to Rice University and um, 
this barcode is invisible to the naked eye, but can be smart, uh, scanned via modified smart devices. And the goal is to basically track everyone's um, in either immunity or vaccination history. But the more nefarious goal that if you watch a lot of these interviews surrounding this is it's a way to basically ID every person on earth, including every newborn. Um, they're going to make this, obviously COVID-19, uh, eventually the vaccine will be added to the, the, um, the recommended list of uh, immunizations for the United States and probably all of the world. And once it's done, that basically creates an ID for them. Um, think of it like a, a social security number or a, a driver's license, not a driver's license, but like an identification card. There are so many people in this world today that are born and they might get a vaccine, but their parents, for whatever reason, don't go and get them a, a social security number. The parents don't go and get them a, a birth certificate or something like that. And this will change all that. This will mean that anyone that is born and gets the shot will, um, will now have an ID and be part of the system. Moving on, though, from that is we're now seeing in the media, I don't know if you heard about Kanye uh, deciding to run for president. I'm sure you did. But uh, to be honest, I'm, I'm, I'm completely floored by the fact that Kanye West is literally saying that COVID-19 vaccines or vaccines in general are, are or will be the mark of the beast. And, you know, coming from a guy that calls himself Jesus and he's running for president under the, the birthday party. I mean, I can't help but feel that even though he's dead on with, with, with his accuracy about this, um, he is controlled opposition, just like Donald Trump. And why do I say that? Well, it's great that he's talking about it. However, being that he's Kanye West, a lot of people aren't gonna take him seriously, even if the facts are right there with him. So by doing this and having somebody like Kanye talk about this, it suddenly, discredits anyone that is saying anything remotely similar. Um, if you read Revelation, that obviously the mark of the beast number is 666, um, but the main point is that you cannot transact in society without having this mark. Um, the mark has been around for a long time. I'm going to be real. Uh, for example, in the Social Security number, I'm not if you're aware of this, but the Federal Trade Commission classifies and calls the social security number as a federal quote mark so if you have a social security number you technically already have a quote mark of the beast and again I'll, I'll, I'll prove it to you go try to buy and sell anything in society without a social security number without cash you can't use uh, a debit card unless it's a prepaid one you can't use a credit card again unless it's a secure prepaid one you can't uh, apply for any sort of credit you can't uh, usually get a house unless you're willing to work with somebody that will, you know, will not uh, require using one. Um, you basically have to find. You can't finance any large purchases. You can't finance a car. You can't finance a house. Um, it makes getting things like, you know, electricity turned on harder. It makes getting things like uh, TV and internet harder. So, imagine living in a world without a social security number. And then tell me that the mark of the beast doesn't exist already. All that's happening is that they're taking it out of, you know, being kind of, sort of, this type of thing. And they're literally putting it out in front of center. And you're going to have to decide whether or not you're going to take it. And that's where your loyalty is going uh, gonna to lie. 666 is important. There are a lot of 666s that have come out lately. And just the 666s, I can't, I can't even talk. Um, 
So we know about the quantum dot tattoo delivered by the microneedle array. What about a patent ID? And you can look it up. I recommend DuckDuckGo, not Google. Um, but look up patent ID 2020, like the year, and then 060606A2. I'm sorry, uh, A1, my mistake. So 2020-060606-A1. If you do this, you will pull up a patent owned by Microsoft. So again, indirectly owned by Bill Gates. And this patent is a patent for basically converting the human body into a cryptocurrency payment system. So an electronic payment system. Think of it like Apple Pay, but on your body. Somehow. They don't say how in the, in the, in the, the papers. Uh, my guess is that it will be used in conjunction with the quantum dot uh, tattoo barcode. And that will be done as a means of security, safety, and uh, yeah. And people will probably line up for it. Just like they're lining up already for the, for the face masks and, and shaming people that don't wear them. Um, imagine tr- not being able to go grocery shopping for your family just because you don't have a vaccine. I mean, it's one thing to say that you're not wearing a mask. It's another to say you're not, you, you don't have a, a vaccine injected to you that's hasn't even been studied for a, a year and has a lot of questionable security and privacy issues associated with it. So the last thing about the vaccine I wanted to talk about is that um, we know about the barcode, but the other technologies that, that people are a little unaware of are, um, are uh, nanotechnology. Now, I've read... Um, some some information, a lot of theories, but some information that basically says that it's possible that nanotechnology could be inserted into these vaccines. So basically, not only are you getting a barcode, but imagine tiny microscopic, you know, think about it, little robots, hypothetically. Uh, little robots that could go circulate in your bloodstream, and obviously blood goes everywhere. What if they could go into your brain? And these little tiny robots can insert themselves into various parts of your brain, and you know, with different types of maybe stimulation, electric, uh, vibration, sound, um, could literally cause you to behave in ways that you normally wouldn't. And I think that's ultimately the the point is I think that this whole thing is to turn the human race into a slave race, literally, um, no longer figuratively, no longer somewhat, no fully turn us into slaves. And I think once that happens, the true evil that runs this world will reveal itself. It's, It's still hiding behind the shadows. It's still hiding behind the shadows. Jeffrey Epstein, um, we know about uh, Ghislaine Maxwell, who was just arrested, and she's apparently a suicide risk also, so keep an eye out for that one. But um, Epstein was kind of starting to expose the cabal of global players that were truly, you know, they're, they're demonic entities, um, you know, taking advantage of, of children and, and, and vulnerable, you know, girls and women. And, and essentially making them the sex slaves. I mean, that's that's absolutely absolutely disgusting. We were about to learn the truth about who is living like this, but you know, then amazingly, coincidentally, he kills himself in prison, and with all these other um, things that don't add up. So it's not like these things just stopped happening. Epstein was a front man, and he was the fall guy. And when the heat got too high, they took him out. And that's another thing. Everyone always wants to... I remember after it happened, the only public comments that Trump has made about Epstein following his, his death was a conspiracy theory that the Clintons had him taken out. 
which makes no sense to me because if, if the Clintons are that powerful that they, they can infiltrate the Trump administration to the point where they can basically put a hit on whoever they want, that means that they obviously... It doesn't make sense because that means they weren't powerful enough to win the election outright. They're powerful enough to, 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 do, to you know, make mob hits on people under, you know, under security detail in prison and suicide watch, but they're not powerful enough to win the election. Okay, whatever you say. Um, I think the real reason that Trump has not said anything about it, and uh, neither has William Barr, the attorney general either, is because, um, did you know that there are actually two separate court cases, one filed in New York and one filed in California, that name Donald Trump as a co-defendant along with Jeffrey Epstein, um, and in these in these lawsuits, it's alleged that um, Trump and Epstein together raped a 13-year-old girl. And here's the amazing part. I know a lot of Trump supporters say, well, it was, it was right before the election. It was fabricated, blah, 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 blah. Um, number one, it was a long time before the election. It wasn't like right before it. Um, number two, it was about Epstein. And at this point in 2000, uh, was it 2016? We didn't know anything about Epstein, all the new revelations. So the fact that this person came forward with information about Trump and Epstein about two years before anyone else was really talking about any of this stuff tells me that there's there's a lot of uh, credibility to it. Further, the woman, Jane Doe, she um, she said that uh, the only reason she, because it was thrown out, both cases were thrown out on technicalities. One of them was uh, she didn't put uh, a valid mailing address and her, her reasoning was she was accusing two powerful billionaires of being rapists, you know, child rapists, and that both of them had threatened her and said that if she ever came forward, they would, you know, they would, they, she would suffer the consequences. She did it to, to avoid getting, you know, hurt, which, you know, what we know about Epstein and to a lesser degree Trump, we know that, hey, they are powerful people and they could potentially hurt someone without any, any real fear of retribution uh, or accountability. Um, but here's the other information that, that people are unaware of with this, these cases. Um, the lady actually um, went on camera, and she was being helped by two other other uh, two men. Uh, I believe they were lawyers, but one of them wanted to try to seem like make money off of the, the deal, more about you know spreading the truth about it. So uh, she ended up taping a, a full, very descriptive um, account of you know what had happened to her, and it was originally blurred with her face image blurred but it was actually sent to prominent republicans uh specifically ted cruz and uh paul ryan when he was uh um when he was still in the house i believe um and that's where it stopped you had a presidential candidate who is now president openly accused in two separate cases as being a child rapist now, I don't know about you, but we spent how much money, or I say we, the government, the federal government spent how much money on the Mueller investigations and into alleged Russian collusion, which it found nothing. Why weren't we, why weren't we spending any money on investigating whether or not Trump raped a 13-year-old? You know, I think that's a little bit more important, don't you? I don't think that somebody that has a, a finger on nuclear weapons should, should have, have that authority if they don't have the restraint to not victimize and hurt and abuse a 13-year-old girl. Maybe I'm crazy, but the fact that this was never investigated despite this woman going on camera without her face being blurred, because it was sent without her, I think, permission to be unblurred, but she was on camera unblurred, 
and there's no investigations. It just died. So that's why um, the whole Epstein thing and Maxwell thing uh, went away and probably will go away again. And then the last thing about all this is that William Barr, uh, Barr's father was the one that hired Jeffrey Epstein, who was a dropout at the time, to basically be a, 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 a college professor. And um, he opened the doors, a lot of doors, for uh, Epstein. So um, William Barr obviously has a conflict of interest. Also, his uh, law firm was representing Epstein during his plea deal. I think it was, what, in 2009 or, or 2020, whatever the year was. So he hasn't recused himself from that case, and he's not recused himself from anything involving Epstein. He, he did, I think, in the, uh, if I remember the Florida case, but not the New York case. But um, this is a cover-up, and uh, um, I saw one of the former um, prison wardens, I think it was at MDC, um, he said that Ghislaine Maxwell should be transferred out of MDC and basically have a, a full security detail and, uh, and suicide watch on her because not only does she know a lot of information, so she could potentially kill herself, but that other people might want to silence her. If, if this guy's saying this about Maxwell, that means the same was also true about Epstein. Why wasn't Epstein transferred out of it? Uh, not MD, MDC, MCC. It's a different different facility. Why wasn't he? Why wasn't he kept an active uh, suicide watch? Why weren't there armed security guards outside, standing at all times outside of his cell? Because you got to remember, Trump says that he could have taken down the Clintons. He could have taken a lot of other people too. So this guy, in my opinion, arguably the most important potential witness in American history. Like, hear that again. The most important potential witness if he if he could be turned to, to testify against the people that, that did these things for immunity um or you know partial immunity um you could have had somebody like prince andrew you know taken down um a lot of the you know barack uh barack of uh of israel um god i mean I'm not saying chris tucker did anything but kevin spacey <laughs> as we now know things about him he was on a on an on epstein's planes so a lot of people could have, been, could have been exposed by this, including the Clintons, including Trump himself. And for some reason, the story just died, just like Epstein. And, you know, I, I hope not, but it, it seems like maybe Maxwell as well. So anyways, rant over. Thank you for listening. God bless you. God loves you. I love you. Happy Friday. Have a nice weekend. Peace.